The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Here we are once again, week number two review. And, uh, you know, it just uh, it did not go well uh, on Saturday. It wasn't pretty. Um, Justin Fields played well. Uh, aside from that, very little to hang on to uh, other than the fact that um, – we're not uh, we're not on the same page with the Buffalo Bills uh, just yet. They are a, they were a win away from the Super Bowl last year. Uh, we were lucky to get into the playoffs, and that looked to be very much this this the case on Saturday when those two teams met, especially with uh, our former quarterback running up and down the field on us uh, the way he did, making it look easy uh, in the process. But um, we'll talk about that here uh, in the recap. Um, we'll talk about the cuts the Bears made to get their roster down to 80 as we enter into the final preseason uh, game of the year. And uh, then we get ready for final cuts and then the uh, regular season debut uh, against the Rams with, uh, like it or not, Andy Dalton as our starting quarterback. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into this bad boy. It is the preseason week two review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. So two preseason games down, one left to go before we get to the real football on September the 12th when our beloved Chicago Bears kick the season off on Sunday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams. What's going on, everybody? Larity back the week two preseason review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and um, I'm recording this portion on Sunday night, a day after uh, the game. It was... um, it was worrisome, to be completely honest with you. Um, 
Now, you can have your six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, and, and talk about how, you know, the way that we're struggling uh, on offense or the quote-unquote starters are struggling. Um, but that is definitely uh, worrisome, and I think it speaks more to the offense than it really does the uh, personnel, to be completely out. Like, just, I don't know if, if Nagy is just being overly vanilla in what he's calling because it really just looks like, I mean, for anybody who hung out on Saturday for the, uh, the watch party uh, that I did for the, for the preseason game uh, on, on the Spotify Green Room uh, app, um, you know, that I was saying this the whole time. Like, it just seems like, you know, like for the second game in a row for the first two possessions, three and out, three and out uh, from the offense. And, you know, we're struggling to move the football. And then here comes Mitch Trubisky uh, in a, in a, in a uh, Bills uh, uniform marching up and down the field uh, on a defense that consisted mostly of our starters. No Roquan, no Danny Trevathan, very little of – I don't think Khalil Mack played in the – like I didn't notice him uh, during the first series – uh, I saw him for a bit like during the second series or whatever, but it was, you know, very little of Akeem Hicks, very little of, uh, of, of our starter, but they were all out there. You know, um, uh, Jalen Johnson was out there. Eddie Jackson was playing. Travis Gibson uh, was out there. It was like, you know, Ogletree and Christian Jones were our inside linebackers again this week. So no Roquan, no Danny Trevathan, but for the most part, we had all of our starters out there minus Eddie Goldman, of course, who, I believe his return to practice, but hasn't played yet in the preseason. I don't know if he'll play next Saturday against the Titans to close it out or not. But, um, you know, but there he is mostly against, uh, I would say, about 80% of our starters just rolling right down the field. Dink and dunk here, five yards here, 10 yards there. A five-yard pass turns into 12-yard gain and so on and so forth. And then our, our offense comes out, and it's Andy Dalton, Two of the guys that we expect to start on the offensive line day one and like our fourth, fifth, and sixth receivers with, you know, Jimmy Graham. Nicole Komet did not play uh, on Saturday. We're seeing a little bit of Jesse James or more of Jesse James, uh, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's like we're, we, we, even though what we've seen from – and this, and I tweeted this on Saturday as well. If, even though what we're seeing from our offense is not encouraging like at all – we also really haven't seen our offense yet. That's kind of like the, the thing that I'm. <laughs> it's it's like that little shred of um, hope that I'm clinging on to right now. It's like we haven't seen Allen Robinson. I I saw a tweet that had the the snap count released today. Marquise Goodwin played one snap yesterday. Darno Mooney played two. You know that kind of thing. We we haven't seen our offense out there yet. Jason Peters is most likely going to be our starting left tackle week one uh, against the Rams. We haven't seen him play yet. He was standing on the sideline looking huge in his 71 jersey, but he didn't play uh, on Saturday. James Daniels also standing on the sidelines dressed for the game, but did not play. He'll be in there. And then, you know, we find, we saw Larry Borum, who I've figured out that uh, I've been pronouncing his last name wrong all this time. It's not Baram, it's Borum, apparently. Um he played a good, he played a bit at left tackle when Justin Fields was out there and looked pretty good. So maybe he can be our right tackle. Or if Jermaine Defeaty ever gets back off the uh, injured list, we know we're without Tevin Jenkins probably for the season. Let's just go ahead and throw him on IR. We uh, you know I'll, I'll talk about him in a minute. But 
you know, two out of the five guys that we're expecting to see week one on the offensive line uh, in front of him. It just, we haven't seen the offense yet. We really haven't seen it. And, and I loved Olin Krutz's uh, tweet. Um, it was on, I don't know if it was during the game or if it was after, probably during the game actually. But he tweeted like, who's, we've got him out there with, and by him I mean Andy Dalton. We got him out there with second, third string uh, offensive lineman. That's more out of necessity than anything else because of all the luck we've had with injuries so far uh, in camp. We've got him out there with our number four, five, and six wide receivers. Our third string tight end is like, who is he supposed to be building a rhythm with when the guys that he's going to be playing with week one against the Rams haven't seen the field yet in the preseason game? Now, we know that they've, they're getting a hell of a lot more reps together. We know that he's throwing to Allen Robinson uh, and Darnell Mooney and Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird in practice. But, you know, these live game situations are, are important. And, and basically, it's making the narrative very, very hard on Andy Dalton because he's going out there struggling against the starting defense with second and third string offensive players, and he's not performing well. And then here comes Justin Fields, who everybody is dying to see uh, start against the Rams week one, especially after what he did to Miami last week. And he comes out this Saturday. He plays well again. He did a couple of rookie things, but he also did some outstanding things, including that one throw off his back foot uh, to Jesse James, put it right in the, in the most beautiful spot. He had a throw to Javon Wims that was absolutely brilliant, but Javon Wims was interfered with and wasn't able to come down with it. And... You know, it's like he's doing all of these things where, you know, like the the he, he moved the ball. He's 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 managed to score like 26 points in the two games. Andy Dalton, I think, might have six. Po- he has six points because of that lo- that one touchdown that he threw to Rodney Adams uh, in the second quarter. So and uh, that was more about Rodney Adams making the play than it was about Andy Dalton making a bro. I mean, the throw was there. That's for sure. But it was well defended. And it was Rodney Adams who made the play. So, you know, it's like, I don't want to, obviously I'm taking it away from Dalton, but I don't want to take anything away from him. I, I feel bad for him. I do. Cause the narrative's getting ugly out there. Justin Field has performed well in his two preseason games. Andy Dalton has not. And it's, uh, it's, you know, making it ugly as far as what the fans see and what the fans are wanting uh, and everything. And honestly, I don't think Dalton's getting a fair shake out there. You know, he's not playing with anywhere near the people that he's going to be playing with week one when we play the Rams. And it's like, and that's where the honest assessment of of Andy Dalton can truly begin. It's like if he goes out there against the Rams and struggles with Allen Robinson and, you know, our better offensive line with Darnell Mooney, with Marquise Goodwin, with, uh, you know, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham out there together and all that kind of stuff then we can start worrying. But right now, I, I feel like it's, it's an unfair narrative that's being built against Andy Dalton because we are not putting our best foot forward uh, on offense. You know, we're just throwing him out there and seeing what sticks. You know, we're, we're getting him live game reps, but we're not getting him uh, anywhere near what he's going to be seeing uh, in game time on, on, on September 12th. So, you know... Uh, so like I said, that's the that's the hope that I'm kind of clinging to. I'm not going to think I'm not thinking that, you know, put Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney out there, put together, you know, our our better our best uh 
put our best foot forward on the offensive line and all of a sudden we'll just start lighting up the scoreboard or anything like that. I think we have bigger issues than that. I'm just saying that I don't think Dalton's getting a fair shake in this thing. And, you know, Nagy keeps clinging to the idea that, you know, we're going to make it into the regular season with Dalton as our starter, but he's not doing much of anything to make a, to make Bear fans support that idea, like at all. So that's the thing that's troubling to me is that, um, you know, he, he's, he's been dead set since we signed him. Andy Dalton's going to be our week one starter. He's going to be the one that goes out there and, and plays while Justin Fields sits and learns. And meanwhile, in these preseason games, Justin Fields is head and shoulders above Andy Dalton in terms of productivity and making it work with the guys he's got out there. So it, it's kind of like the Mitch and um, Mike Glennon thing where it's clear clear that the rookie is the better quarterback or at least that's the story we're being sold by what we're seeing on the field because we're not be, we we can you can watch those minute and a half highlights that the bears put out every every day after practice and see the brilliant throws that uh andy dalton makes to um to robinson and mooney and and uh goodwin and bird and, and all those guys um but when you sit and you watch the games and you can absorb all of that in real time as opposed to just the, you know, picked and plucked highlights that the Bears put out every day. Justin Fields is doing well basically with the same personnel or actually, you know, to be fair, worse personnel. And Andy Dalton is struggling with the quote-unquote better guys out there on the field. That's what we're seeing. So, but, the you know, the, the real story is we haven't seen Andy Dalton on the field yet with the guys he's actually going to be playing with. So that's why I'm, I'm obviously worried with what we're seeing from the offense, but I'm not panicking just yet. We get to week one against the Rams or even, God forbid, week two against the Bengals, and we still go three and out the first three, four possessions because we're still trying to like find our rhythm offensively. Remember that being a theme for the longest time over the last two seasons? We haven't found our rhythm yet. We haven't found our rhythm yet. We haven't found our rhythm yet. Well, Justin Fields doesn't have a problem finding a rhythm and he's going out there playing against and not even really so much about who he's playing against, but who he's playing with. That's really more the story uh, right now. So, you know, it's just, uh, if we get to week one, week two, we struggle against the Rams and the Bengals. And then again, against the Browns uh, week three, and we're still not finding an offensive rhythm. It takes us late in the game when when our opponent is like easing up on the coverages and now we can crank out first downs in, th in the third and fourth quarter when we're down by 20 uh, and things like that, then it's time to start panicking and then I will start pounding the table for Justin Fields because if this is what it's going to look like with Dalton, then, you know, let's see what the rookie can do. So, um, yeah, because right now, like I said, I feel like we're, it's, it's not fair to Andy Dalton what's being put out there on the field right now. He's playing with maybe four out of the other 10 guys that are actually going to be on the field when they play the Rams week one. And, uh, you know, he's, he's struggling. And it's not a surprise to me at all that he's struggling because he's not throwing to the receivers that, uh, you know, like I just don't think that we would see the same struggle with, with a better unit. I'm not saying we'd be, we, we would have matched the Bills touchdown for touchdown uh, on Saturday. I don't think that at all. I think the, Bill, the Bills are just an outstanding outstanding football team and the reason that um, Mitch was able to uh, 
uh, murder us the way that he did uh, in that game. And kudos to him. Uh, that had to feel pretty good. Um, the way that he was able to get after us like that had to do with two things. Number one, his offensive line did an outstanding job protecting him. And number two, our defense did nothing, nothing to defend him. Uh, I mean, like, again, I refer back to the, to the watch party on Saturday. I was like, any time I was like, Mitch is a first read first receiver uh, quarterback. If you take away his first read, now he's got to start. Now he's got to start scanning the field. That's where things go sideways on Mitch. So you'd think that we would be, we would play um, a defense to, to counteract that. Like who knows that better than us? Who knows that better than the bears? You know, we, we had to tailor our entire offense during that winning streak at the end of the season to do that. We had to roll him out to cut the field in half, cut down on what he's got to read, what he's got to look for, you know, dumping, you know, to the first guy coming out of the backfield or the first five yard slant or, or anything like that. And he went up and down four touchdowns in the first four possessions, six scoring drives. He went six for six scoring against the bears in the first half, four touchdowns followed by two field goals. It was 34 to six at halftime. And that six came off a, uh, I don't want to call it lucky. It was a hell of a play that Rodney Adams made. It was a good throw by Dalton. It was well defended, and Adams made the play, and then he made the run uh, afterwards. So I don't want to call it lucky because it wasn't. If it bounces off his helmet and then Rodney Adams catches it, that's lucky. But he went up there and he got the ball. He came down with it, ran it in for a touchdown. So it was just a hell of a play uh, by Rodney Adams. Um, the kudos that I give to Dalton was he made, he made the right read. Uh, you know, because I don't think because of the way the way that, that they were like breaking down the play uh, on TV was that Rodney Adams was not his first option on that play. But he took what the defense got him. He saw the safety came off. So it was just one on one coverage down the side. Boom, I'm going to him right away because you saw Dalton did a three step drop. And when he hit that third step, boom, the ball was out. He went to Rodney Adams and uh, Adams made the play and it was a touchdown. So a lot of good things happened on that play. But Rodney Adams made it happen all the way. So, but, um, you know, we didn't do anything to try to knock Mitch off the first read. And if you go back and you watch it, anytime that we did that, now all of a sudden Mitch is scrambling. Now all of a sudden he's heaving the ball. He's got to use his feet. He's, you know, he starts to panic, period. That's what happens. We didn't do, basically, we didn't do anything to take him off that first read. So basically Mitch would hit his drop. He's not under pressure. He, boom, he can relax, boom, throw it to the first guy who was always wide open. You know, it just happened over and over again, up and down the field. Mitch was taking what the defense was giving him, and we gave him that first read every single time. We didn't do anything to take it away. And on the rare opportunity where we did, we saw the old Mitch that struggled in Chicago. So, um, you know, the Bills did a much better job of protecting him. The Bills have a better football team. And I think that was proven by the fact that the Bears struggled in all three phases. Uh, yesterday we struggled on offense we struggled on defense we struggled on special teams I mean that one kid ran one back for like 80 yards uh, yesterday had another kick that was you know another punt return that was you know that went for big yardage and things like that that we just got killed across the board in all three phases the score does completely tell the story about how that game was going Buffalo kicked our ass but hey we won the second half um, nine to seven uh, so we were, we lost the first half 34 to six. Uh, we won the second half nine to seven cause it was a 41 to 15, uh, final. So there's that, 
but um, you know, it's it's definitely worrisome what we've seen uh, from the from the offense. It struggles to find its its rhythm, but you know, it's 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 however you want to look at it. It's um, I'm looking at it more as to you know I, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it's Nagy being super vanilla with his play calling because he doesn't want to tip his hand as to what the offense is going to look like. I would like to think that that part of our struggles, if not most of our struggles, have to do with the fact that our quote-unquote starters for these games in the preseason are not the guys who will be starting come September 12th against the Rams week one. Okay, Rodney Adams and Davin and De, you know Des Newsom and, and and Daz Newsom, excuse me, are not going to be our starting wide receivers against the Rams, week one. Okay, um, Lechavius Simmons and Alex Bars, God bless him, and uh, you know Elijah Wilkerson are not going to be our starting, are not going to be the other three starters along with Whitehair and Mustafa on the offensive line. Those guys aren't going to be out there. Maybe Wilkerson, you move him over to right tackle, maybe, but you know these, these that's not what you're going to see out there. We we haven't seen our offense yet. That's like I said, that's the that's the hope I'm clinging to that when we get our top guys out there, we'll do better. I'm not saying we're going to go out there and break the scoreboard. I'm saying that I think we'll do better. It won't take us four drives to get a first down. You know, when we get David Montgomery out there running the football with his best offensive line we'll be able to get more than a yard and a half a carry uh, running the football, things like that. So, and then a little bit further on into the season when we put Justin Fields in the starting lineup, all bets are off and we'll really see what this offense can do. Because I think even me and, and, you know, here I am defending and, and, um, you know, here I am defending Andy Dalton. Because like I said, I don't think he's getting a fair shake right now. I don't think he is at all. It's like, it's, Athletically, we know Justin Fields is the more gifted quarterback. He's the more gifted football player. You saw the things that he did on his feet, the first downs he was able to get, the throw he made to Jesse James. I was like, in, it's blazoned in my head, that throw that he made. It was fantastic. But, you know, Dalton's the, Dalton's the veteran. Dalton's the guy that's got the experience, and we want him to start and have Justin learn from that. I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I hope – that we are not 0-5 when we finally throw him in there. So that's what I'm thinking. Because that 9-8, that 8-9 that and eight, eight and uh, kind of record that I was thinking that the Bears would kind of hover around this year, you know, I'm, I'm not so much clinging on to that anymore. I was like, right now I'm looking at like 7-10, and 10, maybe 6-11 and 11, uh, kind of thing. Uh, but, and I'm also thinking about a new GM and a new head coach uh, next year. So yeah, I, I don't know. So, but, uh, uh, you know, Greg Dabble for the bills, their offensive coordinator who made Mitch look like, you know, who made look Mitch look brilliant on Saturday. Maybe we want to give that guy a call when our job opens up next year. Like, yeah, you can work with Justin Fields, see what you can do with that, uh, kind of thing. So anyway, that's really all I got. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not really even so much. We, we, you know, we just didn't play well. Buffalo was, is, not was, is the better football team. They're going to have a much better season than we're going to have. I mean, and look at what they did to us with Mitch. God only knows what they would have done if, if Stephon Diggs and, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen 
uh, were out there, they might have broken the scoreboard on us. So and maybe they'd have just done it faster. Who knows? They'd have been able to take shots downfield because we know, we know Mitch can't do that. He threw a few deep balls and went sailing over his receivers' heads uh, on Saturday. But the Bills did their best to put to help Mitch put his best foot forward. Like I said, his offensive line was much better for him than ours has been for the last couple of years. He had the time to find his receivers. We didn't do anything defensively to take him off that first read, and he made us pay for it. You know, drive in and drive out. Four touchdowns on four tries, two field goals afterwards, six for six on scoring drives. So Mitch did an outstanding job, and um, I'm happy for him that he didn't come to Chicago and, and uh, you know, get beat up or whatever, you know. It's a preseason game. It didn't count, so it doesn't sting. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't embarrassed at all about Mitch doing that to us. It was more about the fact that the Bills are just a far superior football team right now, and uh, we're still struggling, and, uh, you know, who knows how long this is going to go on before we finally do something about it. And what are we going to do about it, I guess, is the real question uh, at this point. But um, anyway, that's all I got uh, for this. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the, the cuts that the Bears made, um, which will fast-forward us a couple of days. So, like I said, I'm recording this on Sunday, so after the break you'll hear me talking to you probably like on Tuesday or something like that. We'll talk about who the Bears cut, did we sign anybody else, what we can look forward to as we go into the final game against the Titans on Saturday night. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> so here we are fast forwarding to Wednesday night, actually. I wasn't able to get the, uh, get the last of the, the show done uh, last night. The evening kind of got away from me and the next thing I knew it was bedtime. So uh, I apologize uh, for the delay, but uh, the Bears did um, weed the roster down to 80 uh, yesterday before the deadline, I think it's 3 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. So it'll be the same next Tuesday when the Bears get it down from 80 to 53 uh, to get ready for the uh, Rams in a couple of weeks. And then, then we'll be in this interesting, like, buffer period between – because instead of the traditional 
Um, like number one, it, it was the, the last preseason game. Everybody played on Thursday and then the NFL kicked off the following Thursday with the, with the, uh, with the game, with the opener, with the defending Super Bowl champions playing whoever, and then everybody else played the following Sunday and Monday. Uh, this time it's, and there are some games on Friday. The Bears play on Saturday night. It's not the same as it was, where basically everybody's all playing at the same time, so everybody has the same amount of time to prepare for their first game. Um, but I guess because the the last games are on August 26th or 27th, 28th or whatever, and the first game it is until September 12th, you have more than enough time, even if somebody has an extra day or two uh, to get ready everybody's roster cuts have to be done at the same time and therefore everybody will be on the same page basically from August 31st and beyond when the final cuts are made. Uh, And like I said, then this buffer period, I wonder if we'll see a lot of activity, you know, guys getting picked up off of waivers, maybe some trades uh, taking place. And it's like, Oh, you kept that guy. Well, we'd like him. How about you take this or I'll give you a conditional draft pick for that guy. I thought maybe you were going to cut him and we'd scoop him up. Uh, that kind of thing. I, I wonder if this this extra long period between the final preseason game and the first regular season game will uh, be uh, will have a lot more activity than we would usually see. Because uh, most times, I think teams are far more concerned with getting ready for their first game of the season. Whereas this year, we have an extra week on top of the week that we would use to prepare. So uh, I'm wondering if if that's going to be uh, imp- impactful and all as far as like. Okay, here are the 53 guys that we go to war with as of August 31st. But by the weekend, when Labor Day gets here, we've got we've we've traded this guy, we've waived this guy, we've moved this one because we wanted to get our hands on these three or four guys, you know, kind of thing. So very interested to see how this uh, next couple of weeks unfolds after uh, the Bears and the Titans play uh, on Saturday night. So, um, but. Speaking of uh, trimming the roster, uh, we did, uh, you know, cut the last uh, or, you know, we made the roster moves necessary to get down to 80. Uh, The Bears put offensive lineman uh, Badara Treor, I believe that's how you pronounce that, uh, on waivers. Uh, And I saw earlier today, actually, he got picked up by Jacksonville. So he's already found a new home. Uh, The Bears have uh, also waived C.J. Marable and Durian Parker and uh, placed uh, Jordan Lucas and Mike Pennell on injured reserve. Disappointed to hear that uh, Mike Pennell is is done. Uh, and, and I wonder if it's going to be like a Ladarius Mack situation for for either of those guys, for Jordan Lucas and uh, Mike Pennell, because we put um, Ladarius Mack on IR last week, and then the Bears did an injury settlement with him after he cleared waivers. So now he's a free agent that can sign with anybody. So I wonder if Jordan Lucas and Mike Pennell will get the same opportunity. Like if they clear waivers and then we'll do an injury settlement with them and then let them go uh, kind of thing. Because, um, you know, the Bears signing Mike Pennell was kind of like a big deal. You know, Chief fans, I mean, it was all over Twitter when we signed him. Chief fans were like, oh, man, I'm so disappointed he's not coming back. And, you know, he's going to do well for you guys in Chicago. And I think it was, um, I think Lucas had a quad injury. And Pennell had like either the groin or a hamstring, one of the two. And the Bears decided to put them both on injured reserve, which means in two seasons, Jordan Lucas hasn't played it down for the Bears yet because he opted out last year. And now he's going on injured reserve uh, this year. So uh, I, I wonder what the near future holds 
uh, for these guys if, if they're just going to be on IR for us this year or will they do what they did with Darius Mack and do the injury settlement and let them go off and be uh, free agents uh, somewhere. But uh, C.J. Marable, I believe, is he's a running back. Durian Parker's an offensive lineman. Pennell's a defensive tackle. And Jordan Lucas is a DB. He's a safety or a corner, one of the two. So, um, yeah, safety Jordan Lucas, defensive tackle Mike Pennell. Running back C.J. Marable, guard Durian Parker. And Bedard Treor was a tackle. So those are the five guys that we got us dwindled down to 80. So this coming Tuesday after the Titans game, 27 more guys are coming off the uh, coming off the board, uh, if you will, and being set free to uh, try to find new NFL homes or try to find new jobs uh, because their football dream uh, has come to an end at the hands of the Chicago Bears. So we will see how that uh, how that all goes. I'm very interested to see what names, especially in regard to like our wide receiving core. Because the Bears also signed a um, a wide receiver from the Titans, and uh, let, me, let me look it up real quick. I, I just was just looking at it, and I, I went away from it. Um, what is his name? Isaiah Coulter. That's it. He was a uh, a fifth round pick for the Titans last year, I believe, and it's kind of been like I saw an article from. Uh, from our good friend uh, Eric Lambert on Sports Mockery saying that um, he's a speedster, could probably help us on uh, special teams, could also put the uh, roster spot of guys like Riley Ridley and um, uh, Javon Wims uh, in danger. Not that they aren't already in danger by the hands of guys like uh, uh, Rodney Adams, who has been very good in, in the preseason. He's caught some good balls from uh, from Justin Fields when they were playing together, and of course he had that amazing, you know, uh, contested catch and then run in for the touchdown uh, against Buffalo. And literally the only highlight the entire game. It was that play there, and then Justin Fields uh, off the back foot throw to a wide open, uh, to a diving Jesse James uh, down the sideline. It's like outside of that, there is very really there really is very little to talk about for Saturday's game. Uh, against Buffalo, and you guys heard me uh, talking about it in the segment I recorded on Sunday night. So, um, you know, uh, and also the the corresponding roster move, corresponding roster move for that was uh, we put Austin Calitro on injured reserve. He he left the game early on Saturday with some kind of uh, some injury, and uh, so they put him on IR uh, to to open the roster spot for us to sign uh, Coulter. He had come in for a tryout, and the Bears ended up. Uh, signing him so hopefully he'll get some action on Saturday against the Titans I can't see the only thing that I that I could see keeping him from doing that would maybe be COVID protocols but uh, hopefully he's already vaccinated so there wouldn't be much uh, of a protocol or, or anything like that for him to go through I think that's why we had to wait so long on Jason Peters is that he isn't vaccinated so like the 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 period is like five days or something before you can join the team uh, to to quarantine uh, or whatever. So hopefully uh, Coulter can, uh, hopefully Coulter is vaccinated and he can get out right away uh, and, and start, uh, start playing so he can try to make the football team. Other, I, and I, honestly, just common sense. I don't think the bears would have done this if, uh, if that wasn't the case, you know, not to, not to hate on anyone who isn't vaccinated, but I think that with this short time frame, I don't think they would have wasted the time 
to, you know, sign him, wait five days, and then end up cutting him because he's not going to be able to play uh, on Saturday kind of thing. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that he is because I, I don't think it would make sense to do it that way if he wasn't. So, But uh, hopefully we'll get to see him play a little bit on Saturday. And come Saturday, uh, Andy Dalton will be on the bench because Matt Nagy is saving him for week one, which means Justin Fields will start uh, on Saturday against the Tennessee Titans. And, um, you know, at, at first it seemed like exciting news that Justin Fields would be getting the start uh, against Tennessee because I think we would all love to see what Fields could do uh, with the starters, with the ones. And, um, you know, but hearing that he's going to be starting so that Andy Dalton can sit and get ready for this, the home, for the regular season opener is more like, you know, okay. Not, hey, let's see what the kid looks like with the ones. It's like, no, we're going to save him. We're going to save our starter and throw the rookie out there to get him some reps uh, with whoever it is we're throwing out there. Um, And you you heard me talk about it um, in the previous segment, how I don't think that Dalton's getting a fair shake as far as as far as we the fans are concerned, because he's not being put out there with our best. And granted, Justin Fields has been has played well regardless of who he's been out there with. But, you know, I would like to think I'm hoping against hope that Andy Dalton will show better when he's out there with the guys he's intended to play with. You know, it's like you heard me say he's only out there with two of his starting offensive linemen. He's not really out there with anybody he's going to be throwing passes to on the regular when the season starts uh in a couple of weeks. So you know, like Olin Crude said, who is he out there building a rhythm with? Because he's not going to be playing with with virtually any of the guys he's on the field with now. It's like Damian Williams, maybe Jesse James, maybe in a four-wide situation, Rodney Adams would be out there if he makes the uh, roster. But it's like, you know, three guys, three or four guys that he's sharing the field with that he'll be on the field with week one uh, against the Rams – uh, it's, it's, it's not a good look for him and he's not performing well. They can't build a rhythm probably because these are the guys he's not even practicing with because all the highlights that I see on bears.com, he's throwing passes to Robinson, to Mooney, to Goodwin, to Jimmy Graham, to Cole Komet. And then he comes out in the preseason and he's supposed to be getting a time, getting timing down with these receivers. He's not going through the daily reps with. So I'm not trying to be an Andy Dalton apologist. It's like, I just know that the deck is stacked Andy Dalton against Andy Dalton, no matter what we know at some point in 2021, he's going to lose his job. All I'm saying is that we are not setting up Andy Dalton in the preseason for success or for the fact that, you know, we're trying to sell the fan base on Andy Dalton being the guy, uh, you know, for the, or being the placeholder or somebody that we want out there, somebody that we trust out there. When we see him play the way he's played in the preseason and then Justin Fields comes out and does what he does. So because I can't think there's any one fan out there, uh, you know, that has the common sense to think that Andy Dalton is the better of the two and that he should start week one based on what we've seen on the field uh, thus far. So it's like I'm excited to see Justin Fields. I can't wait for him uh, to be out there. Um, And if if they want him to start week one, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Honestly, I do not have a problem with that. I want to see him out there sooner rather than later. But if this is the plan, it's a shitty plan, and we've been screwing Andy Dalton from the beginning. So I was like, I don't know where it is. You know, the league just stopped caring about the preseason and stopped using it as a tool to get your team ready for the regular season. 
it seems like most coaches today just use the preseason to find out who the who the back half of their roster is going to be rather than using it to get their starters ready to play football week one. It's like I don't it, I, it's been like the last three or four years like I've I've really grown to dislike slash hate the preseason because of it. Because it isn't the first look at the starters and what the team's going to look like this upcoming season. It's most likely going to be you getting a chance to watch your starter stand on the sideline in their uniform while a bunch of guys you're not going to watch or give a shit about come Sunday week one uh, against the Rams play instead of the guys you really want to see. So, uh, you know, I, I miss the old structure like week one. Starters come out, play maybe series or two, and then it's all about the young guys and the rookies and the backups trying to earn their spots. Week two, the starters come out, play a full quarter, maybe play into the second quarter. Then it's the backups and the reserves. Week three, dress rehearsal. You're going to see your starters play into the second half. And that was more of a tool to kind of show how the regular season was going to go. That was one that you game plan for. So you came in with a strategy, something you were going to do to try to actually win the football game and then go through your halftime adjustments, bring your starters out, see how it goes in the third quarter. Then you bring in the reserves to play the what's left of the football game. And then week four, uh, when there was a week four, Maybe the starters play, maybe they don't. If they do, it's like week one, maybe a series at the most, and then it's about trying to find out and fill up those last five to ten spots uh, on your roster. I mean, I remember one year when the Bears were going through that back and forth every year with the, with the Browns that the Bears started on defense. They forced the fumble and recovered it on the first play, and then the starters were done after that. We didn't see Erlacher or Peppers or Tommy Harris or anybody else after they recovered that fumble. Lovey's like, okay, you guys are good. Go ahead and hit the showers. You guys are done. We're going to figure out who the rest of our football team uh, is uh, kind of thing. But you don't see that anymore. It's more about trying to get these guys to the regular season like they're a bunch of frail little bitches that, you know, would just just fall to pieces if they actually had to play uh, football in, in the preseason. I mean, I just... I mean, to think about what the, what the preseason used to be. When there were 14 games in the regular season, they played six preseason games. And they played these games. Like, I remember watching NFL films. Gene Upshaw, may he rest in peace, one of the great offensive linemen uh, of all time uh, for the Raiders. They're out there, like, yelling and pushing each other, trying to win a lousy preseason game. You know, they're out there, they're playing into the fourth quarter. I mean, they're playing these football games. That's when they were using the preseason as a tool to get ready. Like fans would get pissed if their team lost these preseason games. Now, it doesn't bother me that it's shifted to the fact that, you know, the wins and losses don't matter. It's about, you know, about the reps and getting the team ready, getting them some uh, some live reps against somebody other than their teammates. I'm cool with that. You know, I, I, I like not having to be emotionally invested in these games, but I do miss the fact that the NFL teams don't use the preseason like they used to. They used to use it as a tool to prepare for the regular season. Now they just use it as kind of like an evaluation thing to figure out who the last 10 or 15 guys on their roster uh, are going to be. So, and I think it's, it's not fair to the fans. So I just like, I just, I don't look forward to watching preseason games uh, like I used to. It's not really the first taste uh, of the season or the first look at your football team anymore because we haven't seen Allen Robinson once. 
Uh, I think the snap count showed me Darnell Mooney played one snap against the Bills. Marquise Goodwin played two. Uh, I don't think Jimmy, maybe Jimmy Graham played two or three snaps. Cole Komet didn't play at all. You know, that kind of thing. It's just like, we're not, we haven't seen our team yet. And that was my argument for Dandy Dalton. I don't think we're going to break the scoreboard and score 40 points a game when he's sharing the field with Mooney and, and, uh, Robinson and all those guys, David Montgomery running the ball behind him and, you know, the offensive line in front of him. But I'd like to think that when he's actually out there with the best that our roster has to offer, things will go better. Uh, And if they don't, then we'll blame Matt Nagy because his play calling still isn't working. His offense can't find a rhythm, and that's going to fall on the guy that's calling the plays. So, anyway... We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to Saturday to see Justin Fields as a starter, who it is they put him out there with. Uh, Hopefully, we at least give him uh, some of our best as far as the offensive line uh, is concerned because that's one of the – that's the one, like, bright spot uh, of the week is that we're starting to get our guys back. You know, we haven't been – we've been kind of ravaged by injuries in the preseason, but not anything serious. It's – you know, um, uh, you know, a hamstring or a groin or like in Jermaine Afidi's case, he had a hip flexor and, you know, stuff like that. Nothing catastrophic, nothing season ending. I mean, because I think even the injuries to Mike Pennell and, and Jordan Lucas, it's that's that's more a convenience of, you know, needing to make some roster moves than the fact that those guys are hurt and cannot play football uh, this year. So, um, you know, I don't think that's the case, but um you know, Jermaine Afidi returned to practice. He finally cleared, you know, passed his physical. He's back, so we have our right tackle now. Uh, James Daniels is is back. He's going to be back in there. I think he's going to be left guard instead of right uh, this year. Um, and Jason Peters is ready to go. So when we, when, we, when we started practice again this week, left to right was Peters, Daniels, Mustafer, Cody Whitehair, and Jermaine Afidi. That's an offensive line. You know, that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and I wonder how many of those guys will be blocking for Justin Fields uh, on Saturday because I'd love to see what that's going to look like. So um, get those guys, uh, especially like Efidi and Peters, uh, get those guys some reps before the uh, regular season. Because like I said, we also have a two-week break between that game and when we kick things off against the Rams on the 12th. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see who plays, who the Bears throw out there with. Uh, fields if it'll just be more of the same of the guys that he's been playing with thus far and uh you know we'll see what happens so uh, i'm thinking that maybe he'll get a a quarter and a half to to two quarters to play and then it will be the nick Foles showcase so that maybe in the next two weeks between the titans and and week one we can get him traded and get his nine million dollars off of our salary uh off of our salary cap so uh who knows but um Anyway, uh, we'll be back on uh, probably Wednesday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Wednesday. We're going to make the final cuts Tuesday. We'll, we'll do the show Tuesday night and get it up for you guys on Wednesday. I'm not going to wait to find out who the practice squad is because we have another week before <laughs> before we actually play the game uh, to, uh, to figure out who our practice squad guys are. And, and also, like I said before, to see how we're going to use that extra week between games. It's like, so we're, we're going to spend the weekend after the Titans game, figuring out who our 53 are. And then from Tuesday, the 31st until literally the 12th of September, when we played, we have all of that time. 
we have 11 or 12 days to figure out, you know, is there anybody out there that we'd like to get our hands on? Maybe we make a trade here or pick this person up off of waivers and things like that. It, it should be an interesting period. I, I, I actually expect to see a lot more last minute transactions than we've seen in the past because there's double the time between the last preseason game and the first regular season one. So we'll come back on Wednesday next week and we'll have the final 53 or the first 53 is probably the more accurate uh, term for our beloved to see who as of the 31st we're going to battle with uh, against the Rams week number one. So uh, come on back then. And until next week, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today 
with bite.